We're losing! Teamwork, guys, more teamwork. They're burying us alive! Eddie Shore? Oh, piss on Eddie Shore. Old-time hockey? Piss on old-time hockey! You're blowing it! And now, between the stammers, your unofficial Canucks cast, here's Arden Caleb. Thank you, Paul Plastino, again. It's Between the Stammers on a Wednesday, September 25th. Season 2, Episode 2, Brock Besser is in concussion protocol. The Canucks preseason continues. The Canucks power play looks pretty good. Petey still owns the Senators and more restricted free agent signings in the NHL. Austin Matthews appears to be in a little bit of trouble as well. We'll talk about that later. Uh, We'll start with the Canucks. Brock Besser in concussion protocol along with defenseman Oscar Fattenberg. Uh, neither player were on the, was on the ice uh, yesterday practicing in Burnaby. Fatten, Fattenberg left Monday's preseason game with the Ottawa Senators after he was flattened along the boards in the first period. Um, the Swedish defenseman lay in obvious discomfort for several minutes before he was helped off by a trainer. Ottawa's Jordan Swartz was called for boarding. Pretty ugly hit. Green, meanwhile, says he believes Besser was injured when he was hit from behind by Senators uh, center Chris Tierney in the same game. Pretty obvious there, Green. Um, Besser had a good game, though. Had three assists in before the hit, helping Canucks to that 6-4 victory. Uh, what do you think of uh, both hit? Let's start with the one that happened first, Fattenberg. I think this is all bullshit. It's fucking a joke. Like, Oscar Fattenberg got hit in, like, the style of, like, Slap shot like the Hanson brothers barreling in on him. He got sandwiched between two guys in his own net in a fucking preseason game. This guy was battling with Biega for a spot to try and make this team, and now Biega's probably going to take his spot. It's f- There's no point in doing something like this, especially in a preseason game. I don't know what was in the water bottles of that Ottawa team when they came out there, but, like, what the fuck are you doing? Unnecessary. Both Completely unnecessary. unnecessary. Yeah. You know? And then, and then Chris Tierney... Chris Tierney looked really good out there that entire game for the Senators, but that hit on Brock, that was like boarding like so far away from the boards. He comes in and he hits him from behind. He boards him from behind. Besser's face goes head first into the glass. It's like, why isn't that a fucking ejection, man? Mm-hmm. That's a, That should be an ejection and a suspension. And what pisses me off, and this goes back to last year with the shit like Matheson on Petey, is nobody is going to respond to this in the appropriate way. Last year, when that happened with Matheson, we waited. Good Branson went and dealt with Matheson in a code-like way to say, hey, you got to answer the bell for your hit on Petey. Fuck going after these guys. Tonight, in this lineup, you have Brady Kachuk and Thomas Shabbat. If they're going to go after our young stars, fucking go after theirs, right? I'm not saying go out there and throw a dirty hit on them. But fucking crunch these guys tonight. Do it every single chance you have to lay wood or a body on these guys. Fucking do it. Before I'm we, sick of this shit. Yeah, before we get into what it means for Fattenberg and for Besser, the NHL should have to do something here as well. It's, well, like the NHL didn't call anything. They didn't even look at it. There was a two-minute right? penalty on the Tom Besser Wilson day. last year goes out in preseason, fucking destroys a guy on St. Louis. Remember that? Yeah, who was and that? And he got it was some Swedish guy. I can't remember who it was. Yeah, yeah. But he goes in and he hits him shoulder to head. Like, that tyranny hit on Besser, in my opinion, is just as bad, if not worse. Tyranny's not a repeat offender, but they got to stop looking at this as, like, is this guy a repeat offender? Did this guy have oh, intent? Oh, hold up. Hello, everyone. The lunch lady's at reception. The lunch lady is at reception. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. Fuck. 
Yeah, you just derailed my train here, Mary. <laughs> anyway, they, they got to stop looking at these guys asking, like, oh, like, what's their previous history? What do they do? If they fucking commit a shitty-ass hit like that, they deserve to get suspended for the length of whatever, like, the NHL dictates. You can't be a repeat offender anymore. This shit isn't cutting the mustard. And honestly, if a guy is out for as long as he's out for, maybe the person who threw the hit should serve the suspension for as long as the guy's out. Mm. I've always really, been, like, I've always been a fan of that. They got to do an eye for an eye with this sort of shit now, because it's it's getting ridiculous. These hits have to stop happening. In the and NHL. and the Canucks need to respond in a better way. You can't go after some fourth line goon like this. Goes back to like Moron Bertuzzi. They did the wrong thing there. You know, I mean Moron Aslan. They did the wrong thing there. They went after fucking more. Yeah. Right? They should have gone after Sackick or Forsberg or anybody on that team who actually mattered and fucking taken them out in that game that way. Yeah. Right? We do it again last year with, with fucking Mike Matheson. Who gives a shit? Go after Barkov. Right? Yeah. Go after Huberto. Yeah. Fucking do something like that. So do the Canucks need to show more team toughness in this in this, in this this scenario? Well, they should go out and fucking hit somebody. Yeah. You know? I'm not saying go out there and take a guy's head off. But at least start crunching them and let let them know that they're not a team to be taken lightly. We went out this offseason and got guys like Furlan and Miller for this exact reason. Both of those guys are pretty sandpaper guys. Furlan you know? wasn't playing. Furlan wasn't playing, and I'm sure yeah. if he was, he would have done something. Yeah. But, like, fuck. Yeah. You know? We're not even in the season, and we're already talking about this. Yeah, so it should also be a two-pronged approach, I think. Not only do you have to have that on the ice to show that your team – you know, sticks up for each other. The players stick up for each other. But the NHL has to do something here as well. The NHL has to do something yeah. too. And, it, like, I mean, a lot of people flipped their shit yesterday when Green th- said it was a hockey play, mm. you know, and I don't think that's what he meant. He kind of walked that back today saying, yeah, I'm pissed off about that hit. That sh- that hit shouldn't have happened. I think he right? said something along the lines of Brock wasn't expecting it and it was just a Of course tough he wasn't. Play. His back was to the fucking play. Yeah, it was not a good play. It was you know, He didn't even have a chance to brace for impact because he was so far off the fucking boards yeah you know yeah we just signed this guy man we just signed this guy as like a piece moving forward and we're not even in the season we're talking about this it fucking just raises my ire and if you're gonna retaliate do it the right way you know Sven Berchi who has a hit him where it hurts man yeah Sven Berchi who has a bit of uh he has a history with concussions and uh these type of hits was asked uh, what he thought about the hit I thought it was late and you know you don't really see guys going out of their way especially on PK I think you you know you put yourself out of position if you go out and hit a guy against a, you know around the half all there I think a lot of times it's not really necessary to go out there especially you know if a guy has control of the puck and passes it up to the D so it wasn't really necessary I thought yeah I wasn't in a scoring position you know like just yeah, very unnecessary. So now Brock is in concussion protocol. So is Fattenberg. I don't want to belittle Fattenberg or anything here. But Besser, who has missed nearly all of camp, is now yeah. going to miss the rest of it. Yeah. Now How we don't even get a chance team? to see that line that everybody was talking about heading into this season of Furlan, PD, and Besser. We don't even get a sniff of that. Yeah. Right? Who knows when Besser's coming back? I like. I mean, he's in concussion protocol. They haven't announced that he has a concussion yet, yeah. right? So, I mean, he could come back on Wednesday, but fucking head injuries are serious, you know? And, and like, for this to keep happening to this team is fucking annoying. 
Uh, Sven was also, because he knows about concussion protocol, asked about what it, what is concussion protocol. You know, each step, I think, you know, they've done a good job with the protocol. I think it's the right thing to do. And, you know, the science shows now you don't want to be uh, not moving for, for too long. You know, you kind of want to get going again and, you know, do, do some movement stuff and maybe hop on a bike or whatever. And I think the protocol helped me big time. So hopefully, you know, he can check one thing off after another and he'll be back soon. Yeah, hopefully he's back soon. But, uh, yeah, here's another setback for Brock Besser, who just signed a three-year bridge year bridge deal. Fuck. Man, like, watching that game, too, like, it looked like the clapper was back. Yeah. You know? It looked like the clapper was back. The wrister was back. It looked like he had all the tools ready to go again on, on, the, on the short look that we had of him coming into this preseason on that power play. That power play looked great. Yeah. And now we're here. You know, and the NHL has done nothing again. Yeah, so they do nothing when it comes to the Canucks. You know, like I don't get it. I don't think it's just the Canucks. I think they just do nothing. Period on these type of hits. Ah, and you're right, and that's why that's why they continue to happen. But fuck, it just pisses me off when a Canucks star gets hit right mm-hmm. by somebody, and the retaliation is isn't against the right guy. Go after the guys that are going to make an impact in that game. You know. I think if that were to happen, too, and if that were to happen in other cases around the NHL, the NHL would have to really get on their ass and do something yeah. because they can't have their star players getting run we've, by we've taken the, other the, the, the We've taken the enforcers out, out of the game, so now it's open season on young stars. We don't want the enforcers back in the game, apparently, according to most people, yeah. right? So if you're going to retaliate, don't retaliate against the third-line, fourth-line guy who fucking did it. Go after Chabot or go after fucking Kachuk in this situation. You know? Like I said, don't be a complete goon about it and try and kill him. But fucking, yeah, whole game. Lay bodies on him. Anytime you have a chance, crunch him in. You know? Make him make him wake up sore the next day. And if you're a Canucks <clears throat> player, another a teammate of Brock, which which one of the players do you think needs to step up and make that hit? What well, well, like, are the players? I, I mean, it could be anybody. Yeah. Yeah, like, not there's no excuse for nobody not playing physically against another team. Like, that should never be an excuse. Even if a guy is a finesse guy, he should still have a bit of grit to his game. Yeah. You know? But, like, I mean, the guys who people are looking at are obviously going to be, like, your Michael Furlins, your Jordy Benz, your JT Millers, right? Those are the guys that people are going to be looking at to make that type of a play, to go in and and, and lay the wood on them. Even even a guy like Alex Edler, who, who started his career with the Canucks, played – a bit more of a physical game than we've seen as of late, you know? You, you see a guy coming down your wing, crunch him. Yeah. Cronwall him. Do whatever you want to do. Yeah. So if this continues to happen to the Canucks stars like Patterson, like Besser. Yeah. Um, Vertanen, another guy. Yeah. Are you, are you at all worried about this team toughness? I just feel at like this, this is a fucking conversation that we have every year with this team, and it shouldn't yeah. be, yeah. especially when we went out and got these two guys – in in Miller and um, fucking Furlan up front, and then Jordy Ben on the back end, yep. right? All those guys are supposed to add this dimension to this team. Sucks that Furlan wasn't playing, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But like you see that shit, you can't just fucking skate off the ice. I'm sorry, no, you. Can't. And I know it happens quickly, yeah, right. Yeah, but so that was disappointing. Uh, unfortunately, it kind of uh, you know it shadowed what was a. Uh, Really good effort from the Canucks uh, power play. Probably the gr- the best thing to happen in that game was the Canucks power play because 
the senators were taking penalty after penalty after yeah. penalty. Like you said, you don't know what was in the Ottawa Senators Kool-Aid that uh, pregame there, but they were very uh, rough and dirty out there, and the Canucks made them well, pay I on the power water, play. Well, I said water, I said water, not Kool-Aid. Well, okay. <laughs> but you're right. Yeah, they, they took a lot of penalties. The refs called a lot of shit. They called almost everything except for that bad boarding call on on Besser. They were calling, you know, fucking penalties left, right, and center in that game on both teams. Canucks yeah. got quite a few against them too. Well, it was a two, I think it was a two minute penalty on the Besser. Hit. Yeah. Uh, what'd you What'd you see from the Canucks power play? I mean, thought it was awesome. What did you think? Yeah, it was really good. Clearly, they have something going there with PD and Brock on the other side and Bo down low and JT Miller as well. Well, I think putting JT Miller on that first unit and pulling Bo off of that first unit is a really good idea, and it paid dividends immediately. Yeah. He was down there, down low, putting pucks in the net, no problem. Yeah. Two pucks go in off him. That's exactly what we were talking about last year. We needed that net front presence down low, whether that's on a power play. I, fe- I felt like Brock was doing that. You mean Bo? Or sorry, uh, Bo Horvat was doing that. He was trying year. to do it. Yeah, he was trying to do it. But he wasn't doing this successfully yeah. as the guy who goes in there and gets two right away mm-hmm. on that first unit. It'd be nicer to see Quinn Hughes at the top of that point instead of Alex Edler, right? We'll see that. Yeah, I, I, I have no doubt in my mind. We'll see that. I mean, I tell you, watching hockey with Caleb Kirby, it's not for the faint of heart, guys. He, <laughs> he was getting upset at Alex Edler in a preseason game. Well, I know, and he got four points that night. Yeah, he got four points that <laughs> night. He was upset with the way Alex Edler was running the power play, and I was like, I was. <laughs> He was. How how can you not be? The 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 neutral zone transition, they still don't get out of their end fast enough. Yeah. With the way he dogs the puck up the ice. Get it in the zone quick. Yeah. Like fuck. That's half of it. You're killing 20 seconds every time you do it. You know? If you're gonna do the drop pass, do it do it quickly. Don't do it laissez faire style. Yeah. Anyways, but, you should have seen Caleb just getting pissed at the TV. Quint- the stream service we had from Habitsford, by the way. Not that great. No. <laughs> the ice looked like it was like nicotine nicotine brown rather than white, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know what that filter was doing. Yeah. I don't know if there was like a Snoop Dogg concert in there the night before or something like that. But, yeah, the cameras didn't look too hot. Um. Anyway. All I'm saying is if you guys do get a chance, get the pleasure to watch a hockey game with Caleb Kirby. Yeah, maybe we should make it a contest. You'll feel into it. Yeah, I want to see somebody lose their shit for two and a half hours straight. (laughs) Even if it's preseason. Fuck's sakes. (laughs) Imagine what it would be like in the playoffs. Well, Jesus, like, in in meaningless games, you get guys hurt like that, and that just raises your ire, you know? And that kind of, like, especially the Fantenberg thing, because it happened so early in that game. And I'm like, this is one of the guys who's playing that night, and he's a guy who needs to make an impact in order to crack this roster. He's supposed to and be now we're defenseman. now we're yeah. defaulting to Biega because he got fucking hurt. Yeah, the bulldog Biega. Right? And nothing against Biega. He goes out there and he tries, but like Fantenberg deserves more of a shot to try and make this team than that. Yeah. You know, needless. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. But um, that, going back to the power play, I think we are going to see uh, Quinn Hughes on that top unit, Mm -hmm. and I think we're going to see, obviously, Pesser and, I mean, Besser and Petey, and then we're going to see Miller, right? And I think the the final guy in that will be Ferlin, not Lebo. I think so. I I think that's what the first unit's going to shake up to look like, and I I hope that's what it does. 
because I, I think that'll be a really, really lethal power play in the end. What do you Levo, think? Levo was pretty good out there. Yeah. Um, I, I'd move him maybe to the second. What do you think was the big problem with last year's playoff or last year's power play when it really struggled? Down it was the too slow. It was it was too easy to telegraph. Guys weren't moving around quickly, and that comes off off your back end. A big part of that is Alex Edler. The guy is no threat for a shot back there, really. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of why I want to see him off the the power play entirely. Or if he is going to be on the back end on the second unit, put him out there with Myers, who is a threat for a shot. Yeah, well, Edler's supposed to be there because he's a big right-handed shot, right? But he he's not. But he can't get it off. No, he can't get it off. He's the king of slapping it into shin pads. Dude, and he telegraphs everything. I thought I, I thought in that last game, Myers had a pretty rough game overall. Right. But, I mean, in training camp and stuff and in the scrimmages, we saw him play – and one thing Myers can do really, really well on the blue line is get a shot off quick. Get a shot off quick and a shot off accurately. And if you have that on your on your second unit and maybe your other partner is Alex Edler and it, you have a lineup up front of like Berchi, Horvat, and Levo, maybe that's your second unit, right? right? And and I, I got no problem with that as a second unit PP. Yeah. But uh, like the guys who need to get off the first, in my opinion, and I love Horvat, but I, I think we have more effective guys in front of the net now than Horvat in Miller and Furlan. Yeah. And Quinn Hughes obviously on the back end. Well, Quinn he's Hughes, mobile. what I mean, it, he could transform our power play, yeah. right? So let's, I can't wait to see that. By the way, Corey Hirsch, I thought, made a really good point during that broadcast of where the shots were coming from. And he was talking about where Petey should be winding up for his shot versus where Besser is. And he was talking about Besser drifting out of the circle in between the middle of the circle and the top of the circle. And I thought he was absolutely right. Did this... Besser needs to hold his ground there. That's that's like the office of a guy like Alex Ovechkin. Right. Right? And, like, it doesn't matter if the other team knows that that shot is coming. If you have threats on either side with PD and Besser, that's a guessing game for the goalie. Right? Yeah. And 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 to get a guy like in, like uh, Miller in there to create that space in front of the net, that's going to be frustrating all, all season long. So I think the power play, like, I mean, granted... That's kind of the first big look we've had at, at it. But I, I expect the power play to be much better this season. Did that also, is that what born the whole Petter zone thing that I'm seeing on Canucks Twitter right now? Where he should be to, you know, score his goals? Apparently, like, somebody named it Petter zone. I think it was uh, J.D. Burke. And then another person on Twitter named hated it, it. Yeah, hated it, and they named it Area 51. Yeah which I think is a cooler name for sure, even though I'm not the biggest fan of, like, the alien name for Petey. Yeah. Um, but I like the name Area 51, so that what does that say about me? It says I'm on the fence, I guess. I hate <laughs> being on the fence, by the way. But um, There's enough on the fence in this yeah, podcast. Yeah, there's enough on, on the fence in this podcast. <laughs> yeah. But, like, fuck, I don't know. It's just it's okay. just Twitter back and forth, That's right? Fun. It's yeah. fun. Twitter. It's fun. I think it was that Georgia Twist who, who, who called it Area 51 or who started it that way, so credit to her. It's a good name. I like right? it. I yeah. like it. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Elias Pettersson picked up where he left off against the Senators last year, just crushing them. He owns the Senators. Well, yeah, and you got Anders Nilsson in that yeah. in that last sure. game too, right? Sure. So. Our favorite, Anders Nilsson. Yeah. Um, I thought um, Markstrom had a good game, even though he led in four, and one of them was a direct result of a pass out front. Right. I still thought he 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 played pretty strongly. Uh, Demko is going to start in the uh, Wednesday night game, which is tonight. tonight. Yeah, in tonight's yep. game. Well, 
when people are listening to this podcast, it might be tomorrow or yeah. yesterday. So, um, good yeah, call, Art. Way to way to timestamp it. <laughs> yeah, that's got to got to timestamp that. Uh, I do you? St- uh, I don't think the goaltending has been talked about enough in uh, training camp. Everybody's pretty gung ho with Jacob Markstrom being the number one goalie again after last year. Yeah. Do you think that Demko is going to get in more games this year than people think? Because I think he is. You think he is? Yes. I I hope he doesn't. Because I hope Marky plays his lights out as he did last year. Um, but, I mean, realistically, I wouldn't mind seeing Demko get a few more games. Um, he's not coming out of the gate with a conky this year, so that's a positive sign. And so far in preseason, he's looked pretty darn good. Right. You know, so so to me, those are both huge things for, for Demko's development. But I would like, again, to see it be another development year under Markstrom for Demko and Markstrom not only play as good as he did last year, but hopefully play even better. I wonder where the contract comes into play too, right? Because he's a free agent after this year. Well, that's the whole thing, right? Yeah. Is is he's playing for a contract. Yeah. And we talked about that last year on this podcast of saying, do we re-up him now mm-hmm. going into next year? Or do we wait a little while and see how he comes out of the gate this year to cement him if, if they're going to sign a guy like Markstrom long-term? And that's what we thought that they should do. Yeah, that's what we thought they should do. I'm still on that train 100%, and I think Marky has a lot to prove this year. He does. So he, uh, who knows if that pressure will be good for him or bad for him, but I, I hope it's good for him, and I hope he has another very good year. And I also, But I also think that having Thatcher Demko play well and, ha- and able to make more starts is also good for Markstrom. Well, it pushes him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Keeps him fresher, too. But, I mean, ultimately, I guess the question is, are you worried about the goaltending at all this season? Do you do you feel like it's a major concern going uh, into this year? It's interesting that I don't, but, I mean, we just remember a few years ago, we were like, where is the goaltending in this franchise, uh, going on this franchise? Like, that position, because we had lost, the Canucks had lost Roberto Luongo, they had lost Corey Schneider, yeah, and I guess they had traded for Markstrom, so he was a big unknown. Yeah. And Thatcher Demko was still not ready to take the reins yet. So now that it seems to be a position of strength is pretty awesome, right? I think there's a lot of good tutelage there under a guy like Ryan Miller as well, who's right. you know one of the greatest, if not the greatest, American goalie um, who ever strapped them on. So don't you think right? that we should give Benning some credit for the Ryan Miller signing as well? Because it helped bridge the gap to where we are in goaltending right now. Yeah, but, I mean, a lot of people will argue that just because of the amount of money that he signed for, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Money I, well I, worth I, it, though, I, I think. I think, yeah. I think what they Ryan – Miller, Ryan Miller's tenure here with the teams that he was playing in front of, some of the worst Canuck teams – I mean, behind, some of the worst Canuck teams of all time. Yeah. I, Ryan Miller's, as, as, like, a personal success – I would say it was a success for for Ryan Miller and the development of a guy like Jacob Markstrom. But from maybe like a full team angle, like I mean, they weren't winning, right? Yeah. So how can you call that a success? Yeah. Uh, let's talk about uh, the hometown boy in Abbotsford there. Jake Vertanen, always a uh, lightning rod topic amongst Canucks fans. And really, just Canucks management too. They're always talking about Jake Vertanen. Uh, where do you think he is with this team right now? Do you think he's fighting to make a, sp- a spot on this ro- on this roster? Or do um, you think he has a spot? Well, there were reports coming out earlier this week, and I guess over the weekend, that he's in a bit of a hot water with, with some of like the management and stuff here. And they why haven't, is that? They haven't seen enough out of him this preseason, and with the way he originally showed up being demoted to the third 
uh, practice squad in training camp. I think some people are making a little bit more of a mountain out of this than not. I think Jake kind of... Okay, here's the thing. The expectations for Vertanen should be high, and they should have been as high as they were when he first entered the league. But now people may have to come to the harsh reality that this guy may never be that top six player that they wanted, right? And that they drafted him as, and that he's going to be just fine as a bottom six player. If you're a bottom six player in the NHL and you score 15 goals, you're responsible defensively. Uh, you know, you show up night in, night out. You know how to uh, bring a physical edge to your game. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Where well, he was drafted really hurts. But, I mean, he's not the only guy to go high in a draft and not pan out. But how much is this the dedication side of it, right? Like, well, you I hear think, shit like that, right? Yes. Like, you do. is he not committed to being a professional athlete? That's what we're wondering about. I have some friends who are just ready to cut the cord. But you know what, man? You hear that with every guy like this. It's like, oh, what's his commitment level? What's his this? What's his that? We expect him to do this because of how much he's, uh, how much um, potential they drafted him on. He's a hometown boy. He's a hometown boy who, in Calgary, when he was on the Hitman, absolutely ripped it up in goal totals. Yeah, like he he was putting him in like nobody's business. So people saw that, and they're like, okay, he's, he's an offensive force when he comes down the wing and lets it go. We can tr- we're going to try and round out his game to be a power forward and also a net front presence. There's- the net front presence, power forward aspect to his game hasn't, hasn't come there. He still is good for zone entries. He's still fast. He can still come down the wing and let the shot Herb, go. You don't get but what I'm trying shot, to say, though. Let me finish. The shot isn't as good now because he's playing up against NHL caliber goalies. You're talking about commitment as far as yeah, as far as fitness and everything else. And I agree with you. Yeah. But what I'm saying is is that is the argument for almost anybody who isn't cracking a top six spot around the league who was drafted high. Michael Del Cole, right? Same draft year, went fifth. People are saying the exact same thing about him. But even if these guys aren't playing in the top six in the NHL, it doesn't mean that they're still not good enough to stick around. I think Jake Vertanen is still good enough to stick around, and it's up to him if he ever wants to try and crack that top six to pick up his socks and and get the fucking work. Yeah, maybe a change of scenery would be good for this guy, though, because when you're in the hometown, there's a lot of distractions. You're famous at the bar. You, you know, you have... There's a lot of extracurricular activities, which... I think we know is a part of the story with Jake Vertanen I think this bar shit's overrated. I really do. Remember Ben Hutton? He had uh, some of those same stories come out, you know? These guys are going to go out. They're going to do things. But I think this bar shit is overrated. A lot of these guys this day and age just sit around and play video games too. Jake Vertanen, he was known to play games as well. And you know what? Even if you go out to the bar... And have a night and party, and it doesn't mean you're going to come back and not work hard on the ice. You know, I'm not saying you are, right? And obviously, Jake's commitment level to all this stuff isn't as high as a guy like Petey's. Like, we saw that was apparent in training camp. Mm-hmm. Petey led his group, right, in the bag skate. Jake was having a tough time in the third fucking group bag skate, mm-hmm. right? So, like, he did miss his goals. But... It doesn't mean that he's not good enough to stick around in the NHL. It just means that it's annoying to see a guy who has potential not fucking reach it. And I think that's what people are more mad about now. Yeah. But the harsh reality is with him is 
we're going to maybe have to come to terms and come to grip with the fact that this guy is going to be in the bottom six playing for Vancouver, and that's all we're going to get out of him, right? Yeah. It's up to him to prove everybody wrong. Mm-hmm. Nobody's wrong at this point. The only person who's wrong is maybe what Jake Furtanen thinks about himself. Yeah. Uh, anything else uh, stick out to you in these uh, early preseason games? We're about a week away. We are a week away from opening night. The Canucks uh, in Edmonton against the Oilers next Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, there's guys who haven't done enough, right? We got we got our studs and we got our duds. And I, I think there's been a few studs that have answered the bell that I'm concerned about because they always get hurt, mm-hmm. right? And then there's been a couple duds who haven't really shown much. Uh, bottom six forwards, I think it's pretty cleared up. There's probably only a couple spots that are... Not clear, right? Is Adam Gaudet going to make this team? No, not if Sutter's healthy. Sutter's done more than enough, I think, this preseason to to hold his spot. Yeah, you know, and that sucks for Gaudet because a lot of people are like, "Well, you know, Gaudet is he he could come in and play wing." I don't think that's even in Green's mind. You know, between I think the battles between Sutter, Gaudet, and Beagle and Goldobin, man, has Goldobin done enough to make this team? I don't think so. He's playing tonight. I, I think he's playing on a, on a line tonight with, like, Sutter and Vertanen. And the biggest issue with Goldobin is, like, you can't put him in a bottom six role. Like, he's not going to be successful there. Is he good enough, though, to play in a top six role on this team? Is I think, he better than Pearson? I think Goldie's at a point now where he's about to get waived. Yeah. Like, I think he's that close. Yeah. Right? Because you can't start him up here with, with the performance that he's coming in, into camp unless he comes out and absolutely rips it up tonight, Wednesday night against Ottawa. And, and and does something to uh you know make the coaches have a have a change of heart. But uh yeah, I him I think Mott's been all right. I think Schaller's been all right. Uh I think Louie's been all right. Well yeah, there's another guy who you know maybe hasn't done enough to make the team as well, but he makes so much money, but they're like gonna the, give him every opportunity. But like the thing is is like has Mott really been that much better than Louie? No. You know? Has Schaller been that much better than Louie? No. Has Jake been that much better than Louie? Wait, hold on a second. We're we're comparing Tyler Mott to Louis Erickson. Now. I'm just That's saying. That's where we are. Well, dude, that we're, is we're, where we we're are. talking about spots in the bottom six. Yeah, I know. You know? But how sad is that? Fuck, Louis Erickson. Yeah. But it's just, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, Faber put out a pretty good article today. Our buddy Chris Faber, Canucks Conversations. Canucks Conversation, Canucks Army, did a uh, an article for Canucks Army today talking about uh, a line of um, Sutter, uh, Louis Erickson, and Jay Beagle together mm. as like a third line or fourth line, and then having that that bottom line of Barchi, uh, Godet, Vertanen. Right, that's a possibility. Okay, I also saw Green, who's been throwing out this line for most of the preseason. It was Godet, Levo, and Erickson, which I yeah. thought was in, would be an interesting third line. If, well, I mean, it's you know, he's, if, if Godet. He's giving Goddard every single chance he possibly can to try and make this team. And Goddard is one of the studs. Goddard has played well, man. Yeah. Like, he... he Defensively, on penalty kills. In my opinion, he kind of deserves it. But, like, Sutter hasn't played poorly enough yeah. to to lose a position in this lineup. And 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 Goddard is exempt of waivers. Doesn't have to worry about clearing or anything like that. Sutter obviously does. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, to, to me, it's, it's a no-brainer. Which sucks. Uh, Gaudet, though, right? would it be terrible if he was in the AHL and had another season, successful offensive season in the AHL? 
Well, let's be At honest. Some of, the, some of these guys are going to go down too. Of course, right? Yeah. It's Mr. Mr. Pilates there, like he he did his Pilates in the offseason. He's played well in this preseason there, but I don't trust him as far as I can throw him as far as having a healthy season's concerned. Yeah, right. And the same on the back end. That's the shitty thing about Fantenberg is it's like some of these other guys are probably going to go down, and Fantenberg is already down, right? It's just it's annoying. Uh, one more thing, Canucks related, before we move on to NHL, uh, other NHL news. Uh, this team still doesn't have a captain. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk this week about uh, Bo Horvat being named the captain soon, perhaps, or has Elias Pettersson done enough to put his name in the hat for that captaincy? Where are you on this? Is it Bo Horvat, clearly, or is it a fight between the two for that captaincy? I think for me it's Horvat. Um, I understand the argument for Petey all day. Petey's skilled. Petey listens. Petey's, like, attention to detail and his work ethic and all of those stuff are, are incredible. He's the face of the franchise this right is, now. Yeah, he's the face of the franchise. This is Petey's second year, though, mm-hmm. right? Horvat's been here in some pretty lean years already. He's put the time and he's put the work in. He answers the bell physically. You know, he has more grit to his game. He's been a leader on this team for a longer amount of time. And every year, Horvat gets better. Right? Yeah. Like, that that's his track record. He hasn't had a year where he has regressed. In my opinion, and Horvat does everything off the ice as well. And so does Petey for, for I mean, you can't argue that Petey doesn't. They both do everything else off the ice for the city, for the fans, for the community. That, uh, like, in my opinion, Petey will get an A easily, but Horvat, to me, is your future captain. Is it because he's Canadian as well? It has nothing to do with the fact that he's Canadian, but it does have to do with the fact that he has more grit to his game, in my opinion. I always want to see a captain who can do everything. Yeah, I think a captain should lead on and off the ice. He should answer the bell when the bell rings. He should stick up for his teammates. Horvat has more of the tools as a rounded player. He's not as elite by any means, in goal scoring and playmaking and all that sort of stuff. But, like, Horvat, to me, is the meat and potatoes guy on your team that you should name as captain. I honestly would not have a problem with either guy being captain. I wouldn't. And I understand all the things that you're saying there. Um, For me, the captain is the guy who steps up in the the big moment and leads the team. Yeah. Right? And that could be either of those guys. But the big moment isn't always when you need a goal. The big yep. moment is it can be anything. Yeah. It could be a big hit. It can be a guy, uh, you know, getting hit and you need to, needing to answer for that. And I think the toolkit that Horvat has is more suited towards a captain than Petey. I'm not saying Petey would make a bad captain at all. I think Petey would make a pretty good captain. But, it, like, to me, it's the same reason why you, you look at a guy like Landeskog on on Colorado – you know, and then two players come in, and Landeskog is still the captain on that team. And both of those players, McKinnon and and um, Rantanen, have said, gone on record saying that like Landy's our captain because he does everything, right? Like he's the guy, and and he might not be as as elite as those other two guys, but he's there and he provides all those tools that that um, are are what a captain should be in the NHL. And and that guy's not Canadian, so it has nothing to do with with being Canadian. No, I'm just saying he he fits the role. Horvat fits the role when you look at him in all aspects. That's what yeah, I'm saying. that's well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You're you're saying it could be either guy, and I I wouldn't be upset if Petey was captain. I just think Horvat has done everything, and he has the tenure here 
as being a Canuck longer to be named the next captain. All right, that leads me to my next question. Do you think it's important that they name a captain here sooner rather than later? Name a captain when you want. When you're ready to name the captain, name the captain. I would like them. If you know? we, you and I both thought that they would be, well, I said they would maybe fall a little bit short of the playoffs this year. You said they were going to make the playoffs. I think if they're going to make the playoffs, let's have a captain on this team. I think it's in a team's best interest to have a captain, right? Yeah. It's somebody they can all rally behind. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it numerous, numerous times. And I just think that's important if you're going into a playoff series. Even if you're going to go into that playoff series and get bounced in four straight. Yeah. You want to see how your players respond. Yeah. And I think part of that is having a leader. Well, what do you think? Do you think that they're going to go this whole season without naming one, or do you think they're going to name one sooner rather than later? I get the sense that they're going to name one sooner rather than later. This is also the 50th season, right? This is a big season for the Canucks. I do, too. I do, too. And I think the pressure there is is mounting um, from not only, like, the Canucks market. The media is definitely turning the screws on it. This has been a conversation all preseason. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, the ownership group of this team is probably looking at this, too, being like, you know, what's going on here? Like, let's fucking get her going. Even Jim Benning was, like, said, said, you know, uh, in training camp that, like, Horvat has done all the things to deserve a captaincy. But it's not up to Benning who the captain is. It's obviously up to Greener. Greener knows the room better than anybody. So we'll see what happens there. All right. Um, that's all the Canucks stuff I had. Anything else you wanted to mention from uh, Canucks uh, preseason that you've seen so far before we get into the NHL uh, news? Nope. Okay. So let's talk about the restricted free agents that have signed. Uh, we'll go with the most recent one. Matthew Kachuk signing a three-year deal. Uh, $21 million, A little bit more than our buddy Brock Besser. Actually, the most of the restricted free agents so far, I think. Other than Marner. Other than Marner, yeah. 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 So three years, $21 million. The move gets Kachuk, who is restricted free agent, to camp eight days before their uh, season opener. The 21-year-old native of Scottsville, Arizona, had 34 goals and 43 assists last year. So he had a pretty good fucking season last year. Um, another bridge points deal. in 80 games. Yeah, another bridge deal. Yeah. So that's three bridge deals in a row. You got Besser, and the other one was uh, Braden, Braden Points. Point. Yeah. But Ooh. here's the thing, right? The, the, the bar was set with the Besser contract. Braden Point got more money. Matthew Kachuk's contract is basically Braden Point's contract. They both make $9 million in their third year, right? The only difference is, is uh, Braden Point's contract is $20.25 million. Matthew Kachuk's is $21 million. Braden Point doesn't have to pay tax because he's in Florida, whereas Kachuk's going to be paying tax on his contract, right? But very similar. Mm-hmm. Then the, those contracts set, they're, they're almost mirror images of each other. Yeah. Braden Point getting an annual average of six point seven five, but his his last year is nine million. Braden yeah. points, it's yeah. the same as Kachuk's. Yeah, so it, it's very it's very uh, similar. I think both those deals are fair for those players. Those players have proved enough since coming into the league that uh, they can produce. The three years is good for, for both of them. They're show me deals. Yeah, right. You don't have to worry about um, either losing either of those guys. Uh, in refric- in free agency because there's still going to be RFAs coming out of the deal, like Besser as well. Um, I think it's good for the players and good for all, all of the teams. 
a big trade in the NHL this week. The Carolina Hurricanes, and this has been, you know, rumored for a long time that they were looking to move Justin Falk. Yeah. He got traded along with a fifth rounder to the Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blue. Did, did you hear? The, they were saying he was sick. They're like, oh, yeah, he's sick today. And then the trade breaks like an hour later. Yeah. <laughs> All those NHL teams. Uh, was traded St. Louis for Joel Edmondson, forward prospect Dominic Bach, and a 2021 seventh round pick. Falk is 27. He's entering the final year of a six year 21. 20- Nine million contract carries a cap hit of just four point eight million this season. Yeah. Uh, after the trade, though, he agreed to a seven-year, forty-five point five million dollar expen- uh, extension, with the annual average of six point five million. Uh, Falk was a guy that maybe the Canucks would kind of target and trade. Um, how much better is Justin Falk than Tyler Myers? I think it's similar. They, I mean, Myers is a bigger body. Falk's probably a better skater. Yep. Falk's probably a bit better on the on the uh, on the uh, power play, yep. right? But he lost his PP one job in Carolina last year, yep. right? Um, to to Slavin, uh, he he was expendable uh, according to Carolina, who who probably wants that money to spend on somebody else because they're going to have to, uh, um, you know, get ready to sign some guys coming up here. But um, what do you think of the seven-year, forty-five million-dollar deal for 6.5? for Falk? Yeah, would I you think, give, would you I, give I, a guy like St. that Louis, seven years? I think St. Louis can afford it. Falk's twenty-seven years old. He's going to be thirty-four by the time his contract's out. Falk isn't the type of player who plays heavy. You know, he's an offensive-minded guy in his own zone. He's not the greatest, but he can help you with a power play. Um, and I think I think that's what St. Louis needs. You know, they, they could get rid of a guy like Edmondson. That Dominic Bach prospect's pretty interesting, though, right? Like, he was drafted in the first round, I think, 18th. And uh, he's he's over in Sweden. He's playing with Nils Hoglander. Um, you know, the Canucks prospect. So, you know, maybe St. Louis, uh, I mean, sorry, maybe um, Carolina picked up a diamond in the rough there as far as a guy who, who they can use moving forward. Um. Yeah, I mean six point five million. I think that's that's fine. Yeah, we're gonna see a lot of that for, you know, first pairing defensemen or or uh, PP one defensemen in this league. So, uh, Joel Edmondson played a big part in the uh, Stanley Cup run. Like he was a steady defenseman back there for them. He has been for years for that team, though. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think there was a quote there that uh, from Doug Armstrong saying that they didn't want to make a lot of trades on their Stanley Cup winning team, but when they saw a player of Falk's uh, game, they had to make a move. So, Well, let's be honest, too, right? Like, they need another guy um, offensively pushing that pace in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Jay Bowmeister isn't a spring chicken. No, he's not. Right? Um, Alex Petrangelo is a beauty. Yeah, I think he's, he's one of the best players in the He's NHL. the guy who can who can help you do it, but having Falk back there is going to bolster that. Yeah. So I think Petrangelo is actually quietly one of the best players in the yeah. NHL now. But also, you know? I mean, now he, he's got a bit of injury history after last season, right? Yeah. And you're you're bringing a guy like Falcon who's in the prime of his career. Yeah. So. Okay, one other thing. This is weird. Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs star center Austin Matthews did not take questions from reporters during the team's morning skate. That was today on Wednesday. About being charged with disorderly conduct and disruptive behavior. A police report in Matthews' hometown of Scottsdale, 
Arizona alleges he dropped his pants, grabbed his butt cheeks when challenged by a female security guard at a condo building. Matthew says he regrets if he distressed any individual or has distracted the Toronto Maple Leafs. So this what is, is your reaction? So I mean, well, he can't say anything else because it's an in, it's an investigation, right? So yep. he can't comment on it. So there's that. But I mean, this was back in May of last year in his hometown of Scottsdale at his condo building. Um, you know, he was with a group of people, and the security guard saw them earlier in the night. You know, having a good time at around ten, and then it was like just after two in the morning and apparently she was sitting in her car and they approached the car and acted like they were going to get in right this is like the uh, per the report of the security guard okay you know um this security guard has also said that she suffers from like ptsd um so she was worried about the fact that they were going to enter her car and stuff like that and then when they essentially kind of like um were confronted by the security guard matthews went a little bit further away pulled his pants down, but his boxers were still up, you know, so he, he had boxers on and he he grabbed his butt cheeks uh, directed towards her. This is as bizarre as Patrick Kane beating up a cabbie for a tip. Oh, it's, you know, it's Pantsgate, I guess, but like, or Sans Pantsgate, right? Um, is this just kids being kids? Is that what this is? I don't think you can chalk it up to that, though, man. Like, even if you're drunk and you're two in the morning and you're you're now a face... Of a franchise in the NHL, you need to have you need to be on your best behavior. Be on a little bit better behavior than that. You, you think a guy like Crosby would have done something like this? I don't think so in a million years. And Austin knows this. This is a distraction for the Maple Leafs, and who knows if anything is is gonna come out of it, right? It doesn't sound like it's it's um like a major uh, offense, but it is mischief. Like it's it's I guess can be constituted as like criminal mischief. Right? Who knows if he'll have to pay a fine? Who knows if he'll have to do uh, community service? But it's a distraction for the team. And obviously, put yourself in that woman's shoes, right? A, a bunch of dudes, and she's doing her job as a security guard for this residence, which he lives in, and they come up and approach her in, in the middle of the night, right? That's not it. That's not an easy thing. I always think to myself as a dude, and I get drunk a lot, ladies and gentlemen, um, you know, like... I'm out there in the middle of the night. It's 2 in the morning. I've had too much to drink. I'm able to stumble home, right? I'm a dude. I'm I'm 6'3". Are you curved? I don't have to worry about it. But, like, could you imagine how a woman feels every time, like, the, the fucking moon comes up and it's dark out and she's walking home, whether she's had some or not, right? And she's walking towards a group of dudes and maybe they are inebriated. You know, that's... That's something I'd be scared of yep. if I was, you know, even if I was a dude and I was a smaller dude, right? I, I would be intimidated. So I get where she's coming from, and I get why she probably filed the report. Do you care about this story? That's Do I question. care about this story? Yeah. I don't – it's a story to keep an eye on because there might be more to it, mm -hmm. right? Not not everything has come out of this story Maybe maybe everything has come out of this story, but maybe not everything has come out of this story, and that's why he's not allowed to comment on it and everything as far as legal implications go. To me, it sounds like what you said. It sounds like uh, guys out having a night acting like idiots, right? Yeah. And I'd, I'd say a lot of people have been there. Mm -hmm. But Matthews, you know, being the face of a franchise and everything else like that, he should know know a little bit 
better and try and conduct himself a little bit better. And if anything comes out of this, it's a learning experience for him. And I hope his apology to this this security guard is a little bit better than the statement he issued today. Right. Fair? Yeah, fair. I'm kind of with you on these ones. Uh, one last thing I wanted to get to the NHL thing in the NHL across the league. Uh, TSN put out their annual top 50 players list. Who are your top five players? Just asking you right now. Well, you're putting me on the spot yeah, here. putting you on the spot. Uh, Nathan McKinnon? Is he number one? In no, no, no particular order. No order. Particular yeah, order. I'll, I'll give myself that <laughs> caveat. Nathan McKinnon, um, Patrick Kane, Brad Marchand. Um, let me think here. Um, this is tough. I'm trying to go around think of what what D men are my. Are, are the guys that I've really enjoyed watching over the last few seasons that I think are great. And uh, Roman Yossi. Yeah. Um, number five, eh? Hedman? Eh. I like Hedman, but I think he kind of disappears at times. Yeah. I don't think he's is, is all around as good of, as a defender as a guy like Yossi. Um, How about uh, Mark Giordano? Does he get into that? Mm, he won the Norris Trophy last year. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, but I don't. I, I don't, think I'm Alex Petrangelo. I'm not putting him in my there. five. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm gonna wait for your five. Give me just a, a quick sec here. Okay. I don't even know if my other guy's even gonna be a D man. He might be a goalie. He might be another forward. Okay. You know, I'm not trying to do it by position. I was just trying to think of if there was a D man that I may have missed. Yeah. Um. Eric Carlson. Mm. He's not heavy. Well, I mean, Connor McDavid. Because he's Connor McDavid. Yeah. But even Crosby, too, right? Mm. (sighs) Crosby. I'm putting Crosby in over McDavid. Fuck McDavid. Okay, so my top five are in no particular order Nathan McKinnon, Patrick Kane, Connor McDavid, Alex Ovechkin, and Sidney Crosby. Well, yeah, that's a solid top five. That's my five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no D man in that top five. No D man in that top five. Yeah. The art's all about the uh the goals. Yeah, I'm all about the, the goals and the dash. assists. Yeah. 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 Um defenseman uh that could jump into there, I guess. Um for me it could be Alex Petrolangelo. Um I also think that um maybe uh, maybe Brent Burns could throw him there, even though Drew Doughty hates him. <laughs> um, uh yeah. And I think uh Eric Carlson when he's when he's healthy he's well, that's why player. that's why he's not in there yeah. though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um okay, anyway, that was interesting. The uh the top 50 ranking according to TSN's uh McDavid 1, Sidney Crosby 2, Nikita Kucherov mm-hmm. 3, Nathan McKinnon 4, Patrick Kane 5, Austin Matthews 6. That's hard to argue with. Yep. Those guys are all superstars. Yeah, I, I think Austin Matthews is a little high on that list. 6. I would actually, I'd consider putting his two teammates. Well, teammates Marner's ahead of him. incredible. I'd consider putting his two mates, teammates ahead of him. Yeah, honestly, Marner's incredible. Uh, but Marner both, also both gets Tavares to play. With, and Marner. Marner also gets to play with Tavares. Yeah. Matthews, man, like that guy is hard to knock off a puck. Yeah, like he he's a solid, solid player. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't hate that list at all. Yeah, I think it's good. Alexander Parkov's another guy to keep your eye on because he he just keeps getting better every year. Yeah. I mean, Bergeron, Marchand, you can also put those two guys in there. Yeah. They're, they're unreal. 
Uh, I, I, I put Kane above guys like Kucherov, I think, just because I think Kane's been doing he does it for more, so long. He does more with less, too. Yeah, and he's been doing yeah. it for so long. Yeah. Kane's, in, Kane's incredible. He is. He gets better every year. Yeah. Marner reminds me of Kane. Okay. Like, I, yeah. I always make that comparison, but I every time I watch him, I'm like, man, these guys are both just so fun to watch. Okay. They come up with a lot. What about Seattle? The news in Seattle. Uh, the news in it's Seattle. Huge. What do we got? Uh, oh, Seattle's, somebody didn't read a show prep sheet. Seattle's expansion NHL franchise has hired former U.S. Olympic team captain Cami Granato as a pro scout. Granato is one of a handful of women playing on the hockey operations side of the NHL franchise. She's the only female pro scout currently in the league. First NHL female pro scout. They also... Hired Ulf Samuelson, Stu Barnes, Dave Hunter, and John Goodwin as part of that pro that pro scouting uh, department, right? So five people. Um, Cami Granato as the first NHL pro scout in history. Well deserved. About time for a woman to to take that position in the National Hockey League, and she comes with pedigree, man. She's one of the first people in the one of the first women in the uh, Hall of Fame, right? She's won a gold medal, captain an American team to a gold medal. So it's not like she doesn't know hockey, and and I totally think it's time. So congratulations to uh, Cami Granato, right in right in the book still. Maybe her induction was too early. She's still doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Got to update that plaque. One thing I wanted to talk about actually that wasn't in our prep, but any uh, not any players, sorry, women's hockey, women's hockey right now. Yep. They're trying really hard to get a professional league that works there. That is true. Yeah. Do you think? that the NHL should invest in it. 100%. Do you think it's important to grow the game to get women playing hockey at a professional level where, you know, they can make some money? I think it's important to grow a sport so everybody can play anything, whether that's, you know, sledge hockey, whether that's women's hockey, whether that's, you know, uh, hockey in in, uh, more urban cities that don't have the development, don't have the money, you know. I, I love hockey, so I think it's... It's important that the NHL invest money to grow this game in every way they possibly can, including women's hockey. For me, it's a, I think it's, it's a on, big thing. Yeah, for me, I think it's on the NHL, and I think they should do it. Uh, as for women pushing for it, their league, they can't. I think you got to have like, um, if you want to have a league, people have to watch that league for you to make money on that league. Here's right? the thing. So. That's where I think the NHL can really push it because they should be a part of this. But here's the thing, right? Yeah. We've seen these pushes in the NBA for the WNBA to, uh, you know, uh, gain ground and get ground. And uh, it hasn't worked as well as they've wanted to as far as attendance and everything else is concerned. The NBA is a massive money-making machine that markets their game, I would say, about 100 times better than the NHL knows how to market their game. Yeah. The NHL needs to learn how to market their game and get their revenue gains up to even have a chance at starting uh, a women's, women's league. Yeah. They're not at that point with the NHL yet. Yeah, they have, right? enough, they have enough time. So, so yeah. they got to figure their own game out and get more lucrative television contracts, um, grow their stars to become household names, household brands, and all that sort of stuff before I even think this has a shot. Yeah. I, and 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 to me, that's kind of the harsh reality of this. Is is because I mean to get uh, this sport grown on the women's level to something that is national and gets national attention, the NHL has to be a lot a lot larger. Doesn't mean that you can't invest in it. They should be investing in it, mm-hmm. but maybe not trying to push it on as grand as a scale. Yeah. Right. Um. 
I don't understand why the NHL isn't better marketed. I don't get it. Like, I, I feel like they're doing all the wrong things, and I feel like the old guard of uh, hockey in and of itself that is um, dissuading people to be themselves and to show personalities is very bad for this game. I think it stunts it. I think guys like P.K. Subban coming out and showing who he is as a person and having personality and being snazzy and and showing some flash on the ice is great for this game. I think he's a great personality for hockey. I think Paul Bissonnette is another guy who's tried to grow this game from a personality perspective um, by leaps and bounds even over the last few years. I think Vegas has done a really good job in marketing within the NHL, but the NHL as a whole, like this company, should be approaching people like that and being like, Let's do it. Let's grow it. Let's get people wanting to be the next Patrick Kane. Let's get people wanting to be the next PK Subban. Let's get people, you know, um, interested in this game on that level. And a big part of that is the presentation of the show as a whole. Like the the intermission packages on basically every NHL feed is just the same talking heads talking about the same old boring shit yeah. for two intermissions. Yeah. We don't need it. Yeah. Right? I wonder if gambling is going to change this, if there's a way that the – NHL can get in on that. I think that's another way they could. Oh, massive! Right, right. Because why does why is the NFL so popular? Fantasy gambling, yeah, you know that sort of thing. Those, the, those the, the only thing about like even NFL, um, even the NFL and the NHL. I mean, sorry, NFL and NBA. When it comes to gambling, is it's a lot easier to gamble on the the NBA and the NFL than it is on um, MLB and uh, yeah and the NHL, and that has to do with pitching. In baseball and goaltending in um, goaltending in hockey. Yeah, right. Definitely. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that was an interesting thing and something that uh, we should look on as uh, this game grows. Uh, Caleb Kirby, where can we find us on the internet? You can find us. Follow us on Twitter at Between the S. <laughs> okay, that's Still our uh, Twitter account. Yeah, Between the S. Yeah. Um, and then if you want to uh, email us about anything that you've heard that you may have enjoyed or not enjoyed or whatever, you can uh, reach us at betweenthestammers at gmail.com. You can follow Art. At Art Aronson. Also, you know, you can tweet us at any time to talk about uh, any Canuck topic and that you think should be on the show and just... We'll we'll adhere to that. So that's a good. Yeah. That's a really easy way to get a hold of us on yeah. Twitter. Yeah, well, I mean, we're guaranteed to have an opinion on it. Well, Caleb Kirby is anyway. I'll probably sit on the fence. Yeah. Well, he yeah. likes. You know what? You didn't do though this week. What did I not do? You didn't grab the bull by the horns. Yeah, I was a little embarrassed after last <laughs> week's grab the bull by the horns. I like Rich Brown tweeting at you, just being like, "Is is anybody gra- going to grab the bull by the horns this week?" <laughs> he said that was uh, one of one of the best moments from last podcast. He got a <laughs> chuckle out of. I said it a few times. Yeah. yeah, I just you know grabbed the bull by the horns because I liked how I think it was Marlon that said it. And I, was like, yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, thanks for listening and uh, enjoy the preseason. Uh, Man, it's going to be opening night the next time we have a podcast. Yeah. We'll probably do it after that opening night, right? So we'll probably have it on Thursday. No, just kidding. I'm I'm pumped to do it. Yeah. All right. I'm pumped too. 